0: This program is brought to you by personallifemedia.com. I'm Terry Struck, host of Beauty Now. We get the facts from experts on lasers, lipo, lifts, lashes, breast dogs, tummy tucks, cellulite, hormones. And today, we have Dr. Susan Koweski, a woman plastic surgeon specializing in mommy makeovers. Usually, after childbirth, the breast deflate, and then they sag after breastfeeding, and there may be even visible stretch marks. So some women might choose to have an implant placed um, in order to restore volume, possibly a lift to restore the breast, really, to their anatomic location. There have been a lot of things discussed about stretch marks, from laser um, to cream, and ointments, and really nothing has helped stretch marks. The only thing uh, that I know is really surgery. And, um, for example, when you have a a large stretched out abdomen after having uh, multiple um, children, those stretch marks have to be surgically excised things that I can do is really evaluate the patient on a ongoing basis and when the scars stay red and ropey then I can go ahead and inject some steroid into the area or even apply some silicone gel sheeting in order to calm them down. Welcome, Dr. Kweski. Thank you, Carrie. Very nice to be here. Well, I'm really happy that you're here because there's so many women across America that don't feel great about themselves after they have a child. And you have written a book, and it's The Mommy Makeover? Yes, A Mom's Guide to Beauty After Childbirth. A Mom's Guide to Beauty After Childbirth, which many, many women need. How does a woman actually know that they need a makeover. I know how when I need one, but how does a woman, the average woman, say, this is what I could use? Because they're feeling kind of blah. Yeah, and that's, that's basically what happens, um, after having children. You know, children um, having children is just a blessing, but really the process takes a toll on the physical appearance, often, you know, distorting the breast and abdomen and sometimes causing that abnormal fat deposition on the flanks and the thighs. And also hormonal changes, you know, can also affect the skin. So women, you know, basically want to feel confident about their appearance. They want to go back to the shape that they had before childbirth. Many women really have careers, and certainly physical appearance plays very um, an important role into, into how they are perceived by their peers. And if they've gained weight or they feel undesirable, unmotivated, maybe even frustrated, a mommy makeover may be right for them. So my book will really take every mom through the steps necessary to achieve a successful mommy makeover. And how does a woman start? So they read your book and they say, hmm, this could be me. So they call your office and they go. Can you walk us through a consultation? Well, yes, I can. Um, first, I, I would tell you that I feel that the Internet is a great source of information, and a lot of women go to there first. And But I would uh, caution them because there are many charlatans out there who just kind of want to make money. So, it's really important to choose a very reputable plastic surgeon, and we want to make sure that that plastic surgeon is board-certified in plastic surgery and also has the necessary experience to perform the type of surgery in which the patient is interested in. So, Going back to the the start, that's where I would begin in choosing a a reputable plastic surgeon. Once the patient comes into my office for consultation, we'll go over exactly what the patient is interested in and then determine um, what surgical procedure or non-surgical procedure would be right for them and um, go from there. And choosing a board-certified plastic surgeon, which we stress on the show almost every show, especially with what's happened lately in seeing uh, Kanye West's mother who passed on due to heart disease just because, you know, somebody didn't actually do a thorough checkup. I'm not blaming the doctor, but I'm just saying that, you know, you need a thorough checkup. So that's actually really, really good advice. I really love that advice. How does a person find a board-certified plastic surgeon to start with? Well, that's what my book discusses. It it really tells a patient how to recognize certain qualities and then how to choose the surgeon that's going to be right uh, for her. But there um, are ways to do that and my book will go over all those ways in which the patient can look for a qualified board-certified plastic surgeon. And we have a little logo um, uh, that is, uh recognizes our board certification for, from the American Society of Plastic Surgeons. So that's one way to do it. But there are other means to really determine whether the surgeon is right for you, and that's what my book will discuss. Or right, because it's important to have a good rapport with your surgeon, number one. Let's get right to the breath. Droopy, dragging breath after childbirth. What can you do to help? Yes. You know, usually after childbirth, the breasts deflate and then they sag after breastfeeding, and there may be even visible stretch marks. So some women might choose to have an implant placed um, in order to restore volume, possibly a lift to restore the breast really to their anatomic location. So um, the breast is is um, one way of... Uh, just kind of enhancing uh, their contour. The abdomen is another location that can get stretched, both internally and externally. Sometimes there's loose skin, and that's often difficult to hide in pants and skirts. And the abdominal muscles may be stretched apart, and the waistline is then increased So a tummy tuck will solve both of these problems by removal of the excess skin and then tightening of the abdominal muscles. And then some women can have some abnormal fat deposition on their flanks and thighs, and that can be taken care of uh, with liposuction. Now, um some of these procedures um can be combined and that's why I talk about breasts with abdomen because that's a very common um, mommy makeover and very um easily tolerated by a very healthy individual. So you're able to do the breasts and the abdomen in the same day. Yes. And if the patient me? is if the patient is in is healthy enough to do that. And then you determine this by a physical examination and? Absolutely. And their history, right? Absolutely. By physical examination, I also, um, if they're over 40, they get an EKG. And I often send blood work to just check out to make sure that there's no evidence of any thyroid problems or uh, anemia or anything like that prior to surgery. Well, that's exciting. What's the recovery like? Recovery varies for each procedure, but I would say um that uh most likely it's about 4 weeks. Um and most women will feel pretty well after breast surgery within a week or two, but that doesn't mean that they can go back to having um doing strenuous activity or any physical activity um involving uh aerobic activity. Um, because they really uh, need to allow the body to heal properly, and it takes about four four to six weeks. What about um, lifting their children afterwards? They're going to need to get help, correct? Oh, that's a very good point because, again, I don't allow them to lift anything heavier than 10 pounds. So I usually advise that they hire somebody to help them or bring in a friend or a relative uh, to help them with their their um, small infants and children, yes. What about, what can the women do for their skin? It's often looking tired from sleepless nights and things like that. What would be a non-invasive way of helping their skin? Well, it depends what what exactly we're looking at um, because hormones, you know, affect your skin. Uh, whether you're menstruating, you're taking birth control pills, you're menopausal. And sometimes uh, what can happen is that um, acne uh, can actually appear um, all of a sudden. You're 40 years old and you have acne. And so there are a lot of little um, skin uh, pearls in my book that go over discussing um, some of the products currently on the market for acne. but. You know, just routine good skin care is a necessity, and that and that doesn't mean washing your face with soap and water. That means using a gentle cleanser and a toner to bring your skin back up to its natural pH and then um, further defining the skin with either a hydroquinone, which is a bleaching agent, or a glycolic acid, which is an exfoliating agent, um, or even a retin A um, for um, blackheads or whiteheads. So there are a lot of things to do um, that are non invasive for the skin. But basically, you would need a consultation just because everybody's different. Exactly. So okay, I hear so many women complain about stretch marks. Is there anything truly that gets rid of stretch marks? Oh, I wish I could give you an answer for that. Um, there. There have been a lot of things discussed about stretch marks from laser laser to creams and ointments, and really nothing has helped stretch marks. The only thing uh, that I know is really surgery. And, um, for example, when you have a a large stretched out abdomen after having uh, multiple um, children, those stretch marks have to be surgically excised. So... That lessens the amount of stretch marks, but it certainly doesn't take them away. We just don't have that magic formula for them yet. So you're able to cut away a good portion of the stretch marks through a tummy tuck. Is that what you're saying? Yes, yes. And so then, but there's really actually nothing. What about Retin-A on stretch marks? Well, I don't think Retin-A really um, affects stretch marks um, to that extent, and um, I wouldn't advise it. You wouldn't advise retin-a on stretch marks, no. So there's actually really nothing that we can do. What no. about the lasers? And the lasers, um, really, they have shown that they don't help either. Well, that's at least honest. They could actually lessen, though, maybe. You well, think- I, I really haven't seen that. To be honest with you, I mean, I know that patients try these things and they ultimately end up coming back for um surgical excision if they're really really bad. That's what I hear too, but it's it's I keep looking for the cure for this marks. so <laughs> that's what we need to find. But we um, do. We do need to find that cure. We do need to find that cure. All right, so what about the patient that has lost a ton of weight and they're, you know, they're beyond the tummy tuck, the lower body lift. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. What well, is that like? Well, with those patients, they have multiple problems, and what they have to do is they've got to be kind. They have to be realistic, so they have to decide where exactly they want to start. Uh, most women uh, will find that. They just can't fit in their clothes properly, and they have just all this loads of excess skin on the lower body. So a lower body lift is kind of a good place to start, and that is one procedure. You can't do a lower body lift and do a breast lift and uh, arms and everything at the same time. That's not a safe uh, way to go because you're asking for a lot of surgery and you know with a lot of surgery you run the risk of increased complications that's including blood clot stroke even death and um, and that should be foremost in everybody's mind with uh, Kenya West's mother um, recently um, succumbing to plastic surgery um, but um, usually Uh, Women will start with a lower body lift, and um, that gives them a real boost because it improves their waistline. It allows them to wear a pair of pants, and they feel good about themselves. Now, um, once they um, undergo the lower body lift, they may find that, oh, my thighs are really kind of saggy, and I, I need something done about that. And so the excess skin of the um, um, bedial thighs um, can be excised and tightened up and and then all of a sudden they can really wear those, those tight jeans. Which is um, a nice reward and I want to talk more about this We we have so many more questions for you, can you join us back in a minute, we have to take a commercial break, no problem. Listen to Sex, Love, and Intimacy, a podcast providing weekly audio workshops for your pleasure and connection on personallifemedia.com. Hi, this is Terry Struck with Beauty Now. We've been talking to Dr. Susan Koweski, and we've been talking about mommy makeovers. Welcome back. Thank you. Well, we were just talking about the lower body lift and what a serious procedure this is because actually you can only do one procedure in the day for safety reasons. Tell us a little bit about the scars. That's the trade-off, isn't it? It sure is, but I'll tell you, most patients will trade those scars for all that excess hanging, loose skin. I and, agree. <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen it, and I've seen their reactions. And, you know, it also tightens up that butt, and so they don't like those droopy butts and saddlebags, so a lower body lift will do that also. So I, I think they, they like the scars much better than that. Than the sagging butt. Absolutely. So tell us about the scar for the saggy butt. Well, basically for the lower body lift, the scar is like a tummy tuck, but it goes all the way to the back. And it goes from the buttocks crease and then it goes laterally and joins the tummy tuck scar in the front. So when you say the buttocks crease, you're talking about above the butt? Uh, Slightly above the butt. Mm -hmm. Okay. So slightly above the butt. how thick is the scar? Well, scars vary. In some individuals, scars can be those nice, nice, thin, flat scars. And in other people, they can be very ropey and red and angry looking. And the my job as a plastic surgeon is really to try to minimize those scars. So the best things that I can do is really evaluate the patient on an ongoing basis. And when the scars stay red and ropey, then I can go ahead and inject some steroid into the area or even apply some silicone gel sheeting in order to calm them down. You just brought up a really good subject that we haven't really touched on is that scars are really made by the patient. And so what do you do to actually fix scars when when there's patients that keloid or do something like that? Because I think people don't really know that that you make your own scars. Sometimes it's not the surgeon. Right, and they often think that plastic surgery occurs without having any scars, and I would dispel that myth because all surgery involves placing a scar. Now it just depends upon how the patient heals. If the scar usually stays um, red and raised for a period of three to six months after surgery, then I usually inject the scar with a little steroid. And um, that I do on an ongoing basis, probably every month until the scar really settles down. Now, in some individuals where they actually keloid, and that's where the scar outgrows the boundaries of the scar. So it becomes a lot bigger than the scar normally would. In those individuals actually removing the scar and then possibly um, giving them radiation therapy to decrease or diminish that scar is necessary. So um, it just depends, and that's what my job as a plastic surgeon is, to look at these scars and then determine how I can help the individual. I think it's so important for patients to realize about their scars because I think oftentimes that's the most depressing thing, but as we said, it it is a great trade-off when you have big hanging skin. It's more, you know, preferential to have a scar than it is to have hanging skin. That's right. Individual, you know, choice. Yes, and you you have to think about those things prior to going into surgery, because if you think about surgery and you don't think about scars, then don't have surgery. Right, exactly. Let's talk about tired eyes. Hmm, okay. Well... You know, those happen to a lot of mommies after having multiple pregnancies. And uh, a lot of women will say, gosh, you know, my job really depends upon how I look. And so a tired eyes is not a good idea. I want to get rid of those. And sometimes their eyelids feel very heavy and saggy. And um removal of the saggy skin of the eyelids usually solves the problem for most individuals, and that's called a blepharoplasty. Now, if the upper eyelid skin kind of droops more laterally, that is more toward the ear rather than the nose, then usually the eyebrow is the culprit. That's the droopy area. Oh, good to know. Yeah. And the eyebrow actually should be about three-eighths of an inch above the bony rim in females. And, And when the brows fall, the eyelid skin also droops into the line of vision. So removing the skin will shorten the eyelid and in so doing, may pull that brow even further down. So the best treatment for the saggy brow is really a brow lift. And there are different types of brow lifts. There's an endoscopic brow lift where you use a endoscope, which is an instrument um, that allows the surgeon to go underneath the skin through very small incisions in the scalp line and then through the use of a camera, um, we're able to visualize the under surface and then um, remove the frowning muscles and then lift the brows up. Oh, well, that sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, less incisions um, and usually most women can go out after a couple of days with hardly any bruising. So it's a very very nice approach. But some women. Um, have a very high forehead or may have had some hair loss in that area. So a coronal brow lift may be the right choice for them. And that's more, uh, that's a bigger incision, goes from one ear to the other ear, and you can imagine that there's more of a chance for numbness of that scalp air, um, hairline. But it actually can address some of the deep transverse lines of the forehead, but you have to realize that the hair-bearing scalp will be removed in the process. So you're talking about a scar in your hairline then that that you could maybe see? Possibly, if you have very thin hair yeah, right there. Mm-hmm. So what would be the indication then for the endoscopic and, and the transverse? Well, usually most women um, will choose the endoscopic approach. Um, the coronal brow lift is you know basically just done if you have to address those really um, deep lines on the forehead, those transverse lines on your forehead. So um, I can't see those with the endoscopic approach, but with the coronal approach where it opens that all up, I'll be able to um, take care of them and cut them out. So, Many women would want to have the endoscopic because there's less scarring. And then if you had to, you would have the the coronal approach. And isn't that the old approach? A lot of women have had that. Yes, a lot of women have had that. The other thing about the endoscopic approach is remember that no skin is removed, so you don't really have hair loss. And that's that's really important. If you could have that, that would be great. What about arms? What can we do for our flabby arms? Oh, the old bat wings. Right. Yes. yes. That women are getting besides push-ups. <laughs> They're very common. And if you look in the mirror with your arms like at a 90-degree angle from your body and you see some extra skin or extra skin and fat or maybe even just plumpness, you've probably got some bat wings that have to be taken care of. And um, the ultimate result is really to remove them with the smallest scar possible. But a lot of women, you know, they want to wear a sleeveless dress or top, and it's really hard to hide scars in that area. So first um, you have to judge whether or not that area is just fat or if it's fat and skin. And usually if it's fat, you can just liposuction that area. Now, if the skin is not elastic, it will not tighten up, so you'll have to have skin removal, and that means a a larger incision. So the incision for that will usually go from the elbow up into the um, axilla or armpit area. And how is the recovery on that? Recovery is um, about four weeks. Again, um, the biggest complaint is swelling, um, even swelling down in the fingertips because you are removing lymphatics, which are necessary for drainage of all those, that tissue. And so uh, the biggest complaint really is swelling. But, again, it's surgery, so we have to be patient And that means no heavy lifting greater than 10 pounds and no strenuous type of activity to further that swelling and make it worse. Because if you can get rid of the swelling at a fast rate initially, then you don't have to deal with it later on. Right. So you really need to take care of yourself and get some good help, whether it be a family member or a professional to come in and and help you. Do you often recommend that your patients, if they've had more than one procedure, go to a surgery center overnight care, or do you think that they could uh, recover at home? It just depends upon the family situation. If they have a very supportive family member or friend that's going to be with them, oftentimes I will just send them home. But if I feel that they have really no support, then we'll plan for a stay in an, you know, overnight facility, where they can be looked at and taken care of, and, and it really just depends upon their situation. Everybody is different. Well, I want to ask you one last question. I think we're running out of time. This is so interesting. We're going to have to have you back. Leg veins. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't hear what you said. The leg veins. How? Leg veins. Leg oh, veins. Leg veins. Well, leg veins are, um, there are two types, actually. Um, There are those small little spidery veins. Oh, they're less than a millimeter. They're very tiny. They're oftentimes like blue. You may see them through the skin. And um, those can be usually lasered. But when you get with a little bit um, of a uh, wider vein, where it actually can result like in a rope, you may need to have that um, uh, have sclerotherapy performed on that vein, or sometimes that vein may even need to be stripped, and um, it really depends i I assess the patient laying down and then standing up because I want to see exactly where the veins are filling, and if I feel that um, the veins are involving a certain group of veins where it's they're better stripped, I may send them to a vascular surgeon. However, if they're just simply a cluster of veins, usually they're very amenable to sclerotherapy and or laser. So I use both in my practice. Well, that's so good. I think we've covered almost everything. I think we need to have another session so that we can cover a little bit more. I'm pretty sure that all the moms out there are going to be able to come in and get your book. If you go to personallifemedia.com, you can link up to Dr. Koweski's website and also get a copy of her book, The Mommy Makeover, A Woman's Guide to Beauty and Makeovers. And we're going to be able to link you so you can actually buy that book. And she's located down in San Diego, so we'll also have her contact information information. And if you'd like a transcript of today's show, just go to personallifemedia.com. Thank you so much, Dr. Kwaski, for being with us today. We've learned so much, and we're going to have to have you back soon. Okay, Terry, thank you. Thank you.
1: I saw you shopping at the North Star Mall. I hardly recognize you at all. It wasn't until I heard you say hello. I realized you were a girl I know. You look completely different than you did in 91 a total transformation come on admit it you had a little work done had a little work done holy cow it don't matter wow look at you now how'd you like to get together for some fun i kind of like it since you had a little work done We were drunken with kids And I pretended that you didn't exist You were a cute thing but you couldn't be The trophy girl I wanted hanging with me You've gone from plain white bread To a honey bun I think I'd like to have a taste now With you're delicious since you had a little work done Had a little work done, holy small, I noticed you, a damn near joke. Think that we should get together for some fun I think I want you now You had a little work done 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 done. All around the town In your red convertible With the top down I heard the beauty Is only skin deep They call me shallow Cause you're looking mighty sweet I never found before sight before You wouldn't be the one but Now you're in my night and daydream You're sure amazing Since you had a little work done Had a little work done Holy cow For some fun I kinda of like you since you had a little work done. Had a little, mm-hmm. had a little mm-hmm. work done. Had a little work done, had a little work done. Had a little, had a little work done. Had a little work done. Had a little work done.